or may not be taboo. Uh, in this case, this episode, it will be a taboo subject, a lot of touchy subjects. And it's under my, uh, the Love Lost series that I'm doing here. And I have a special guest on the line, uh, Miss Amanda Sessions. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. You can call me Amanda. Amanda, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And we're going to be talking about basically the three major issues between today's men and women. And uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and go right ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, my name is Miss Amanda Rochelle. I am a sex relationship podcast host. So I come from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I like to talk about everything sex and relationship. (laughs) My platform kind of began um, probably a year or so ago when I realized that women in their 40s were very unfulfilled, primarily sexually, um, in in like these long-term marriages. And I didn't understand where the gap in communication was between men and women um, at a woman wouldn't feel comfortable having that conversation. So I created a platform for women to talk, talk openly about sex and what they needed. And of course that ties into relationships. Sex is just an aspect of a relationship, but, um, and and more oftentimes than not, I found that the problem actually was in the relationship. So I think that um, your platform and my platform parallel very, very well. So I appreciate you for having me here. Yeah, so I'm going to speak specifically to, to, to black men and women because I'm a black woman and I was married for 13 years to a black man. I've only dated black men. I just, I have a, a deep adoration for black men so I can only speak to my experience. But from my perspective, I would say um, as black women, we have learned to become competitors um, with black men. So I think that that is uh, an effect of us having to lead households more and and really be the primary adult um, in a household, be the head of household. So we have become a competitor to a man. I see a lot of women who um, are, are, are hurt and are broken and are bitter. And so the black man has become their enemy. Um, and, and, and in that it's like, I'm gonna compete to be better than you instead of learning how to compliment you. 
So I, I think we we lost the ability to compliment our men. And I think that men lost the value. They don't see they don't see black women as valuable anymore. Um that would be my second one. So my first one would be that that black men and women are competing against each other instead of complimenting complimenting each other. My second one would be we don't see the value in each other anymore. Um I to me, what I see, social media has created a platform where, where visually you can see whatever you want to see. And it seems to me that black men favor that exotic, very curvy look. Well, well, most black women are naturally very curvy, but we may not have that exotic look. We come in a million shades. Um, and so I think that has birthed some insecurities in black women where if I'm too dark or if I'm, you know, if my hair is not long enough or certain things like it's not okay to be just a black woman with your natural hair. It's not a lot of men that really, that really appreciate that. So I think we've lost value for one another. And then I also don't think that we were taught true love. I say it all the time. I, I don't fall in love easily because most people don't even know what love is. So those would be my top three. I don't know if you can you hear me okay? Uh-huh. First, let, let me go with this competitive. And it's something so poignant what you said about we're in competition. And okay, now I, I study history, I'm a history nerd, okay, and I, I like to look at patterns. And a lot of things came from me looking at how capitalism was created. And the interesting thing about capitalism is it fosters com competition. So, but before you can have the competition, you have to, it have to be an environment where there's a scarcity or some sort of lack. That way, it's like, you know, you got a few crumbs, you got many hands, mm -hmm. so the competition, who's going to get the crumbs? So I think that type of thing has bled over into all aspects of our lives in the West. And it's not a very natural thing. Um, I think it's coming from, let's say, an ancient society where it was more of a communal uh, living, you know, you had um, shared, uh, everything was shared. You know, uh, I guess the industrial revolution hit, you know, the women, instead of being at home and homemakers take care of the children and all that type of thing. You know, the man go out and hunt, fish, build a house and all that. Mm -hmm. When it starts going to, you know, being industrialized and uh, a highly industrialized nation where making money uh, is the goal, then it, it becomes a thing where anybody can make money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to be, uh, and then the job starts, uh, technology hit, especially with the technology boom. Okay, technology hit. Okay, now women already naturally could use the left side and the right side of their brain at the same time and do multitasking and all that, like, very easy. So it's like, okay, then you got the technology world come in, and they can get these jobs, and they can do this, they can do that, they can thrive. Now they're making money. Of course, uh, with a job comes, you know, the whole, as black people, it comes that discrimination thing where, okay, you got certain people might feel more comfortable with the black woman in the office than having that black man there 
Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, well, so then that started, oh, well, we'll hire you. We don't hire you guys. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of black men, let's say, get left out and they would have to be more creative. We would have to be more creative. Uh, the type of work that we do, the type of skill sets we develop, and or just going business for yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I do think what you just said, you hit it on the head with the competition. So now I don't need you now. That's basically where we at. I, yeah. I got my own money. Um, matter of fact, the children fall by the wayside. You know, somebody else raised the kids now. Uh, you know, um, and that other thing you mentioned about social media influencing like the exotic look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I'm going to tell you, yeah, you know, I, I had a friend in the 90s. I know she was from Australia. Black like Australia. And she was saying how black women are looked at as exotic others. They, they were saying, so the white dudes be trying to get them a piece of exotic, you know, you know, they want that piece of exotic stuff that's like they uh, forefathers did when they yeah. call it a place. They have free reign to sample all sorts of exotic, you know, lady parts. You know, I, I don't want, and I'm trying to keep it a certain, you know, I don't want to, my language on here to be too graphic. I don't know who's going to listen, but... Just real talk, like you said, with the you're not valuing each other because it's a dollar. That dollar amount is kind of attached to it. Like, okay, you, you're nothing. You know, it's, it's about what you can bring in, what, what type of money you have, what type of body you have. Um, you know, everybody now can can go get some plastic surgery and get some curves now. Yep. The natural, I, I do believe, and the same with men. As a man, you see the male models with chiseled abs and you know pecs, and they got the full beard, and you know they walk around. It's like you know, and if you don't look like that. It's kind of like, uh, but I, I think women are more forgiving. They'll be with a chunky dude. You know, what I'm saying I think men a little bit more on some levels more visual and I think that do do affect that yeah but, but like you said um, you know but that's very interesting now what what do you think is the root I, I mean I share what I think is the root of it capitalism um, okay. that fosters competition um, what do you see from your work and dealing with people what do you see some of the root causes, you know, uh, of those problems, you know, if you can kind of share like what you see? I think that, um, <laughs> I think that a lot of what you said is, is true, but I also, I think it goes back farther than that. I think it even goes back to slavery. Like one of the things, like if, if you, if you go back to the, the, the period of slavery where black men and black women both went out and worked in those fields all day. But then when you come home at night, the black woman is still expected to take care of the black man. And this man has been emasculated all day long by the slave master. So she might have to stroke his ego in certain ways so that he knows, at least in here, you're still the man. Um, I think that that kind of thinking went through generations 
women are groomed to be nurturers. We're groomed to take care of other people. We're groomed. We have baby dolls and play kitchens and things that groom us to be to be caretakers. Men are groomed to be providers if they're raised by good men. Um, so where that shift happened is as more families were separated, now my mother is grooming me to be a nurturer, but she also grooming me to take care of a household. So she's grooming me to not have a natural desire for a protect for a provider. So, and not intentionally, she don't even know she's doing it. She's just doing it so that I know how to take care of myself. But the truth is, that's what's happening. She's grooming me to not need a provider. So, and I'm not, my my, my context of provider is not hand me all the money, to pay all the bills, take care of me like I'm your dependent. My, my context of a provider is as a man, you make sure your house is good. You make sure your community is good. You make sure that, you know, the family you created has a roof over their head. You make sure that the needs are met. If, if there's a gap, I expect you to take the lead and we sit down and we talk about how we're going to fill this gap. But we're groomed as women to not even consider that. So I will say for me, I was married for 13 years, got divorced, and my it just it kicked in. I, I never once. And actually, if I go back to when I was married, I was headstrong then, to be honest with you. Um, I never once thought I didn't think twice about what I need to do. I just kicked in gear. And for me now, being a single woman dating, that's hard because a lot of men see that that I, they think I'm headstrong. Or um, I've had many men tell me intimidating because a man can't just walk up to you and tell you anything or sell you anything because you're not going to buy it. So I, I think that it goes back to to even slavery where certain behaviors and patterns were broken, you know, as, as time evolved. You know, and, and now we're not, you know, here just to make sure you're okay. Now I got to make sure that me and these kids okay. I can't worry about you because you may be in the household and you may not be. You know, when they when they instituted welfare, you know, it was it was um <laughs> it was a requirement to get welfare that there be no man in the home. Many men left their homes so that so that you know if we if we not fell on hard times and he got to make a decision to leave the home. So that I can get some help for me and these kids. There you go. Now, now we start that cycle of broken families, and we lost the 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 ability to just love from a very natural place. And uh, loving from a natural place, huh? Yeah, it is. With no other no other group has suffered that type of breaking of the spirit you know so it's no wonder we got problems yeah and you know and i think when we start comparing ourselves to white people or some other asians or look at how they're acting look at what they're doing i i, I think we're so unique in that regard i i think we have a special need for healing yeah and i don't think me personally i i never I don't think we should write each other off. I've always been about that. That's the whole point of me wanting to dive in and try to get some kind of resolution going on. Because it's almost a culture of just write them off, go and get you a white dude or, you know, go get you another lady or another dude. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like write each other off. I, you know, and I think we're, we're some of the strongest people on the planet. I think together when we get our healing, I mean, it's going to be some dynamic stuff happen. And I know when you were talking about that, 
the welfare system. I don't know. I just the, I remember seeing the, the movie Claudine back in the day, and, and it, that was typical of a harvest household. Like you're in the hood, you know, saying somebody on welfare to do, you know, so you got to hide when they social workers come over. I mean, and they really pushed that on the black family, you know. And I think uh, I knew one uh, poor, like, these white people, white family, but they lived in a rural area. They didn't check on them like that. And I was looking at, like, how our poor was in the city. A lot of the white poor, they was out in the rural area. Yeah. And I think it's a whole different lifestyle out there where you can kind of thrive a little bit better than in the city. And the city is cutthroat real highly competitive, you know, and I think um, that affected us, but, you know, oh, God, you, you, you hit a lot of points, um, and that, that let you know the generational trauma that we pass down to yep. our children, and, and I, like, I have all daughters, I have five daughters, mm-hmm. okay? I can remember raising them up, and just what you said about teaching them to be able to take care of themselves. I kind of did that. It's like, okay, I want you to um, be able to, because you can't depend on a guy. And, and it's funny, you know, I end up, you know, contributing to that. But I looked at it as reality. I'm like, I want you to be able to take care of yourself. Now, also tell them, don't be taking care of no dude. Right. Like, you know, two, you know, two dead batteries. Like, you got you are you good? You got another person that's dragging that's gonna drag you down. Yeah. You need to be like, be like, be like. You know, you need to be around people that got goals and doing things with their life, and then y'all both click up together and y'all can do some, you know, magic. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, that's how I try to instill in them. But oh man, which is the, the masculine trait of, I guess, being the provider uh, in a sense. And it's really, I think, the type of economy that we have, you could do that. If, if something ever happened, and we kind of seen it with the pandemic, but mm-hmm. if something happens where it co- collapsed society, and now we just have to get out here and survive, you know, just with our hands and with our knowledge in our head, and our, I think it'll, you might see more of a depending on each other type thing. Like, okay, we got to depend on each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that that might be, but what, you know, and, and when you, you speaking of dating, I'm just curious, uh, how, uh, you know, I hear horror stories about the dating scene, I, and I haven't been out dating, you know, I, I haven't dated since the 90s, so I, I know, <laughs> if, I ever get, if I ever get out of a relationship, and I, you know, I'm divorced, I'm out, I wouldn't know what to do, I mean, I would this is this whole era is like crazy to me, but how do you what do you see the changes or what are you seeing what are you seeing in the dating scene between men and women? Um, <laughs> even with the age thing, is it a different with the age? Like you know, young people versus an older person. Uh, what is what is going on in the dating scene? Well, young people are, are like wide open. It, they really don't date. They just sleep with each other and pray for the they don't nobody catch nothing. They different. They a different group. I'm 42 and I will say this. I have been extremely disappointed. In fact, I don't date a lot for that reason. 
Um, I, I choose not to. Um, men are not men are not men anymore. And when I say they're not men, I'm saying there are women out here who are so desperate for for a relationship. They require very little. And and when I say very little, like you were talking about teaching your daughters to not take care of a man. There are grown women out here taking care of a man. In fact, I'm gonna tell you about a situation I personally had last week. I'm, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna put you out in my business. So this guy, I have literally known this guy most of my life. Our families came from the same small town. He pursued me for an entire year. Finally, one night I said, "Let's go. Let's let's go out." So we went out to this little club. You know, had a couple of drinks. That was it. Very inconsistent in communication, in the time that he was willing to invest. And I'm a very busy woman. So inconsistency with me is a problem because now you're wasting my time. So we hung out, you know, a few times and enjoyed each other's company, but I already knew nothing major was going to come out of this situation. I was like, he'll just be a person I enjoy hanging out with. So he sends me a message and asked me for a thousand dollars so he can buy a car. And I tell him, no, do you know that not only did he stop speaking to me, he blocked me, unfriended me and blocked me on social media because I would not give him money. But yeah, but what's crazy is there are women who will do that. They out here buying love. I'm not buying love. I know women who spend a hundred thousand dollars on men who will go buy $25,000 dogs for men. Who will, who will do that type of stuff just to keep a man connected to them. I'm not willing to do that. So I don't really date. I don't really date. I say no way more than I say yes. And, and that's the reason why. I'm like, it's it's a better investment for me to, to put into myself than to even attempt that. It, it's real ugly out here in these streets. I mean, real ugly. Like at this age, there aren't a lot of men who are looking for anything serious. They either want sex or money. And they're getting both of them from these women. They can get whatever they want. I have male friends who say whatever he wants from a woman. So what makes him want to settle down with one when he can have five and get whatever he wants? Is this, is this the age thing again? I mean, is the older man doing this or is it like the young guy? It's all of them. It's all of them. I don't really date young guys. I think the youngest guy I've dated is like 33, 34. But he was very... He was very well, he had lived a lot. So he probably had the same life experience as a man my age. But right. it's, it's, it's old and young. They either want sex or money. They don't want relationship. You know what? I, and, and, and I'm just, like, I'm an observer. I, you know, I observe. I noticed it seemed like that is the theme, sex and money. That That's the theme of, of men and women. It's kind of like, get yours. Yeah. Get yours, and, 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 and you know what, like, back in it, and it was funny when you said about the ladies buying all this, uh, spending this money on the dude, I can remember, like, in the 90s, like, if you go down to, like, I'm from Atlanta, okay, so, you know, they had an area like Buckhead, that was, like, where a little bit more upscale, well to do folks would hang out at, white people be up there and all that, mm-hmm. dudes from the hood, they'll dress up. They'll go up to the clubs up there, and that's what the old white men, women, they'll be like, hey, man, you know, mm-hmm. you might catch an older black lady, a cougar or whatever, you know, that's all she got a lot of money. But you get sugar daddies to do that to the young girls, too. You know, they'll 
they'll pay like they lay, you know, so to speak. So, you know, that was, and that's me in my 20s. I can remember, you know, seeing that and, you know, it all depends on the the cloth that you cut from. I mean, if you, if you like get yours by any means necessary, you know what I'm saying, uh, you might run it, you got a smooth mouthpiece on you, if you're female and if you look real, you got the curves, got the right, you know, attitude, and you get the dudes just trying to, you know, them sugar daddies want to take care. I mean, you got that group that's doing that, but it seemed like that became the whole game right there. That was like a small segment right there. Uh-huh. But now it seems like that whole mentality is is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And oh, that's that's. It sounds crazy when you say. A guy asking for a thousand dollars. Let that let you know. I I'm out the loop. I I feel like an old man, and I'm 49. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, my I'll, I'll be 50 next year in April. So it's like you know half of my life. I guess my generation. Uh, it, 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 I guess it depends on how you grew up. I mean, I had two family, uh, two parents in the household. Even though my dad was like an alcoholic or whatever. Mom, you know, back then that group stuck together through everything. Mm-hmm. That, you know, um, so you know, it, it wasn't a quick cut and run. And uh, and I find myself doing the same thing. I mean, I uh, you know, I've had a tumultuous, uh, you know, just like a lot of people. You've been married a long time. It's very tumultuous. Oh yeah. It's very hard. You know, and it's um. But my thing is, it's like I didn't see any. It's a lot of good-looking people, but it's kind of like the attitude and the character is what, you know, lacking. You know, it's just like a, a degrading of character, like a character of a person. So that, to ask somebody for $1,000, what kind of character is that in a person? You know, I think it's very shallow. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I... My thing, like this, is how I wanna, I wanna try to take it from here. Just, you know, been, you know, talk for a minute, but I wanna take it from. That's the problem. What do you think would be some of the solutions? Are there any solutions? I mean, is it like throw away the whole generation and <laughs> the do other? <laughs> uh, what, you know, what would, what do you think in your creative mind? And even with your platform that you're trying to help people, what do you think of some of the solutions that we must do as men and women to be better, to make turn this thing around? How to do it? <laughs> um, I think it boils down to two things: desire and vulnerability. We have to desire to have better relationships with each other, and we have to be willing to be vulnerable enough to let that healing happen and really let let love win. That's it. That sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but you're right. It was heavy, though. Those things are heavy. Desire, you gotta want to do it, right? And it's kind of that's oh god, that's almost like somebody wanting to take a calculus test. Yeah. Like, uh, but that's kind of what it, you know. You gotta want, you gotta want it. Yeah, and it's like anything. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Nah, I'm just saying. How many of us want that? Yeah. I, I, I think uh, people might want it, but they're not vulnerable enough to admit that they want that. That's, well, and they're I not willing to be, 
to me, when I say desire and vulnerability, you got a desire to love one person. Like, I'm going to love this one person until the end and let all this other BS go. But see, the problem is that we, we benefit from the BS. So, like, you talked about the sugar daddy and the cougar. You benefit from that. If he running you a little money, she running you a little money, that person lets you have sex with him and with, with no strings attached. Like, we got to be willing to let go of that stuff and really desire just having something real with one person. And then say, okay, you know, I, whatever happened in my past, I've been hurt, I don't trust, whatever it is, I'm going to go ahead and be vulnerable enough to allow love to win in this situation. People ain't doing that. They're they not doing either one. You know what? I think just like a lot of the things that happened in our past, especially here in America, I think we'll have to be forced into that. You know, almost. It got to be, you know, it's like with black-owned businesses. We had to be forced to, you know, you can't shop with the white people. Yeah. You had to spend money over here in a black business. So, we did it. But I think, same with that right there. If it's all these other ways out, like, uh, he's going out right here. Mm -hmm. It be, you know, LGBTQ. Now, I don't have nothing against LGBTQ. But I'm saying you can be gay or you can go... Uh, get you a zaddy or go get you and, and it's funny because I know people on the other side they're miserable it's like the misery followed them yep. it's like it's not green it's not greener on the other side No. but it's just a societal thing I hope that we get to the point where I hope it's nothing too drastic like to make people want to you know like you said desire better and to be vulnerable enough to heal you know, and, I, and me personally, I think that vulnerability is going to come from being with yourself, being to yourself, and digging deep and finding out what's your issue and, and to heal from those issues. Mm -hmm. I think it's so many we distracted. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine where you are. It's them. But now nah, I think the trauma that we've just experienced. All of us got issues that we need to be healing from. Yo, yeah, we're a traumatized people. Yeah, we traumatized. We we just wear it so well. That's all. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, we deal with stress like it like we're born into stress. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like we won't. We walk around looking like everything's fine. Black don't crack. You know, and with that mindset, okay, you're not going to be vulnerable. And they, they teach us not to be vulnerable. That's like some uh, excuse my word, that's pussy. Yeah. You know, you're being put. So it's yeah. like, you know, and with the, you know, nobody there's a lot of emotional immaturity with us. And I and I think one of the root cause, and, and the guys just say for men and I know it's true for men and women, but there's no rites of passage. You know, that's one thing that was lost from our ancient cultures. It was a rites of passage and I'm talking about pre-colonialism, before, mm -hmm. you know, white men and mixing everything up. But you had to qualify yourself to be an adult. You know what I'm saying? There were certain things you had to be able to do just to say you're an adult, you're a man or woman. And yeah. it's like a, a member of, of a group or a, a tribe or society. I mean, it was, it was we were groomed to with character. And I think... You know, and that was celebrated. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one thing right now we don't have. We don't. There's no right to passage. We just kind of nope. You know, 
meet at the club, think somebody's hot, you know, you might end up smashing. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, it ain't mine. And then somebody ghosting. Then it's like single parenthood. It's like survival, hand to mouth, you know, survival mode. Yeah. And then you grow and survive. You got all these layers of protection. There's no vulnerability. You had to, you had to be a beast mode to survive some of this stuff out here. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's part of the problem. I think it got to be some kind of space for us to heal. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm you know, and I, I don't want to hold you going too long, but I'm so you you hit some very good points. Thank you. Uh, and, it, and it's funny, it, it's simple. I'm thinking you're gonna mention some kind of long drawn out thing, and you hit like two very pivotal like things we definitely need to do, and it's it's cracking the code. But who will crack the code? Who will actually want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna let you have the wrap up, and um, you can talk about your platform and, and, and even leave the information on it, and um, you know, like how people can connect with you if you choose to. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my Facebook page is Miss Amanda Rochelle, and we do a um, we don't use the podcast formats like format like this. We do a Facebook Live every other Sunday night. Um, it's myself and uh, Miss Mary and then uh, Bree. So I kind of have Miss Mary is in her 50s. She's a little older. She's been married for almost 30 years. And then Bree is kind of our, our young one. She, so she comes with a young perspective. Um, but we talk very openly, very raw, very candid. We use very strong language. Whatever whatever comes out is, is how we speak. Um, but like I said, that platform was built as a place for women to feel comfortable talking about what they need. And what they desire and what they want, and um, I don't. I'm gonna tell you what what really kicked it off for me, and then then I, I know we are gonna get off here. But I used to sell adult toys, and I had a lady come to my party. Well, first of all, the reason I started selling adult toys was that um, I would go to these toy parties, and it was all married women there, and they would buy more products than anybody. And I'm like, why are you buying toys and you lay next to a, a warm body man every night? Like, I get it if y'all want to just have a little fun, but you trying to replace him. You can tell by the products they're choosing. Um, that was one thing. And then the other thing was I had a lady come to one of my parties, and she was probably 45. And she said, I, she said my whole life I never had an orgasm, and I didn't know it until, I, until the guy she was with at the time. But that man had so much mind control over her because of that. And I'm like, damn, women are in their 40s out here, not sexually satisfied, but won't talk about it. Like, we can't even talk. So that's what started my platform. I just want women to feel open to talk. But they can find me on Facebook at Miss Amanda Rochelle. You can find me on Instagram, um, also at Miss Amanda Rochelle. I think it's Miss Amanda Rochelle 214. Um, I'm not hard to find. (laughs) And I I enjoy talking. I enjoy talking and interacting with my people. it makes me feel good. I feel like the more people I can connect with, uh, the more opportunities I have to kind of change the dialogue and change some things. And I think we need the conversation. We need to talk more about this. And look, when you mention about that, you open up a whole nother uh, leaf, another aspect. And, and that's something I definitely, uh, you know, it, it's on the, the, the actual pleasure principle people losing you know I guess undesired or, or women not achieving orgasms I used to 
hear that, and I and and, and I'm not, um, you know, it's just I'm on my humble uh, perspective. I, I I thought that was like white woman stuff. I did not real, you know, I heard I hear that. Oh, women are not uh, being pleased. On X amount of percent of women don't have orgasms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I'm like, nah. That's, I guess because in my, you know, it all depends on how you connect with um, your your personal experience. So it's like I, I did not realize that was a thing. But you know, but then I looking at some of the relationships, how people get together. You might have got in there because you needed a place to stay, table, mm-hmm. and there's no love there. So it's like I gotta give it up. You know, that's not pleasurable. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Love, sweetie. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.